I remember how much my parents rallied and also never, ever judged and ever like they took him in when everybody else was like, we won't take him in. And when they were trying, they were getting him help. And for me, that stands out so significantly as an adult in my mind, because it's how I try to treat people. And off we go. And off we go. Greetings and welcome to the Kindness Chronicles, where we hope to inject the world with a dose of Minnesota nice that it seems to desperately need right about now. I'm Kevin Gorg with my co-host, John Schweitz. We are very pleased to be joined by the very famous from the K-Fan Morning Show and her own radio program on the fan. And of course, uh, NHL wife to the stars, Miss Carly Zucker. Welcome. Thank you, Carly. Thanks for having me. Uh, first, I, I, I must say, I have to apologize for those of you that listen to the, not, I, I don't apologize for you listening, but you may have noticed that I didn't have Kevin's mic turned on last time for our very first episode. And part of that was I'm a, a kind of a power hungry guy. <laughs> I, I like to hear my own voice more than Kevin's. But, uh, but more than that, I, I don't know how to use any of this technical equipment and uh, God help us, I hope it works out this Yeah, time. I was telling Carly on the way in that we're going to do our very best. As long as the lights are on and they're all rainbow colors, this is kind of like dealing with your children, Carly. Right. If you can yeah, just keep everything like, in line and keep us like happy. A, yeah, a school project or some sort of fun technology project that the kids brought home. And yeah, I'll try to keep you guys in line. Well, everybody knows you. In fact, we couldn't even walk in the building without you being hounded by one of your many fans. <laughs> so let's... Let's go back to before all the can stuff just, on the fan. Can I just add something real quick? So last night, you know Nirmana? I love Nirmana. So Nirmana You're- is a young lady from Bosnia who lived with us and helped us raise our children for like seven or eight years. I think she may have overstayed her visa. I hope no one's listening to this. Oh, that did, that's Yikes. fine. Yeah. That's fine. And um, when I mentioned, we got all kinds of people that responded to the first one saying, oh my God, I love Carly. We love Carly. Nirmana pulls out her phone and the first follow she has on instagram is you what yep and i said i'm like what is with this woman everybody just seems to adore her and she goes this is what she said she said she is so real like she posts pictures of her kids with messy hair and it's just like she's real so welcome to real thank you i love that i feel really real so i mean (laughs) and you're very open which i think is no i mean this sincerely carly yeah it's rare in a world where everybody likes to put on a facade so to speak and facebook is famous for those facades you just let it all hang out and i think that's brilliant because we love who you are and i think Walking in today, we got another reminder of. Yes, that was so sweet. I like just, it. Like I, I hired her, and it was perfect yeah, right. Timing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for for her to approach us and say, yeah, she listens to the morning show. Well, and if we listen to the morning show, we know your personality, and anyone who's been around in the last five years knows all the the great charity work that you and your husband Jason Zucker do with the Give uh, Sixteen campaign. But you know, on this on this podcast, we want to go behind kind of the curtain a little bit and find out who you were as a kid, who are some of the people that influenced you to be so generous and where it all began. So let's go back to when you were just a little baby Carly Zucker um, yeah. and you weren't Carly Zucker, but little baby Carly. Carly Applin, yeah. Applin let's go back to then. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was actually born in New Hampshire. So what? what? I thought Coast, you were all yeah. Minnesota. I, I mean, I am. Oh. I am one of us. It's true. I, we moved here when I was five, but my dad was going to Dartmouth Medical School. Oh. And so we were I there did. so he could go to school. And so I was born out there. My brother and I were both born out there. Um, 
yeah, but we moved to Minnesota when I was five. And so I really feel Minnesota. They, they took the East coast out of me real quick. Cause I can't, I moved here saying soda and I called it soda. And very quickly, all of my new friends made fun of me. So I switched to pop and I've never looked back. So it's just been, I've been Minnesota. <laughs> then you are one of us. Wow. Yes, yes. Since then. So yeah. So that was baby Carly. I have two siblings. My brother, Joe is amazing. He's like a adrenaline junkie. So he's j- jumped out of a plane more than 200 times. And, um, has a wingsuit and he's an awesome kid. He works for Callaway in San Diego. And then I have an older sister who um, is amazing. She works at Wells Fargo and she's a great auntie. And you've probably met her. You've probably met Katie. You guys could be twins. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say you guys could be twins. People always think we're twins and they think she's younger, but it's because she doesn't have kids of her own that have aged her significantly. Yeah. Because my three children have aged me significantly. I don't believe that at all, uh but what about yeah. like when you were younger with your siblings? Was there lemonade stands in the neighborhood? Oh my gosh, yes. We were so creative. Okay. It's just sad, but I mean, and it sounds so cliche to say this, but it is sad to me that we don't, that kids don't necessarily live the same way that I did or you guys probably did where we left the house and we had no phones, nothing. You just leave the house, go bike around, go run the neighborhood. And my parents were like, just come back when it gets dark. And where in Minnesota? St. Cloud. St. Cloud. Go Very Tech nice. Tigers. Yep. Right. And go Huskies. Stearns I grew County. up. Granite my dad City. was my dad was a huge hockey fan growing up. So we went to he had season tickets to the Huskies. Grew up watching the Huskies. So like Andy Vicari, when if you remember that name when he wow. was a goal. Yeah. Um Lisa. Lisa Pizza. Lisa Pizza and yeah, Goal. Lisa Pizza. So I grew up, I was really young. We grew up watching all of them. The parishes um, were big names in our household. And so, yeah, so grew up a, a Husky fan and went to public school. And yeah, I mean, my parents were amazing. My mom stayed home with us. My dad was a doctor in St. Cloud, still is, works full time. Why Gus Davis and not St. Thomas? That's a question I've had for many years. My I'm, I'm teasing. <laughs> did you? Is that where you graduated? We you both, guys did. both did. We yeah, both yeah. Yeah. yeah, I forgot. You guys Clearly, both did. your parents didn't love you. As they didn't much love as me that much. No. So brother. my brother went to St. Thomas. Okay, you guys will be happy to know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, that's why he's the, he's the shining star of the family. Oh, Everybody right. loves him the most. He does have a wingsuit, so it says a little something. It says something, but. That boy, he is definitely the golden child of the family. Everyone loves him the most. Well, that so, makes me feel good. That's fine. So he's St. Thomas, but my sister went to Gustavus. She's an extremely good golfer, so they recruited her to play golf in college. Um, and so she played golf at Gustavus. I went to visit her there, loved it, and so I ended up just going to Gustavus. And did you like your time in St. Peter? I loved my time. Yeah, yeah, we've got some friends that I went mean, there, and they loved can it Can I too. say something like a little... It's not super inappropriate, but so the house I lived in, do you know what the name of the house is? I've talked about this on KFAN. Um, I've probably heard it, but refresh yeah, so, my memory. So, I lived with eight girls and we called it the octopusy. Oh, jeez. And so oh, like James Bond. That's yes. Exactly. That's where it yes. came. Yeah. So we lived. So eight there were girls special in house. agents. That yes. Lived there. So exactly. Yeah. Emphasis we were all CIA. Yeah. Octo. So we, yeah. So we had eight girls in the house. It was the best time of my life. They're still my best friends. Um, I loved Gustavus, small town. I yep. needed a small school. Um, I kind of knew that about myself going into college. And so I loved the idea of big sports, like, you know, Ohio state or you have it like the going into an arena and having to be packed thousands and thousands of people. But I needed a smaller group for education. And I knew that was a big piece of it. So I went, that's why I went to Gustavus. So in your life, when you were younger, whether it was your parents or some people in your family who maybe set the tone for what you do now, all the charitable work that you and Jason have done, that has to come from somewhere, where, where were the influences when you were growing up that said, you know, someday if I'm in a situation where I can, can yeah. give back, this is something I want to do. It's funny because I thought I've thought about this a lot and I kind of had one of those like revelations recently where I was talking to my mom and I think that 
I always kind of thought it was my mom and she is extremely giving. Like she would do anything for any of my friends growing up. She was just, she's an saint. She's an angel. Um, but my dad and my mom growing up a, a moment in time that I feel like changed all three of us kids. So my dad's brother, um, younger brother was diagnosed with HIV AIDS when it, the height of this, like the late eighties, early oh, yeah. 90s, right? So terrifying time for people. I mean, it's, it felt a lot like my dad said, like kind of like COVID at the beginning where people don't know why people are dying. It's really scary. You don't know how you get it. It's a very complicated situation. And so he was actually a professional poker player in Vegas and like lived in California and he was a gay man. And it was a really, really scary time because he called my dad and said, I think I have HIV. And my dad what, without hesitation was like, come live with us. I'm going to get you treatment. We will figure this out. And so my dad took complete care of him and got him the treatment that he needed. And my dad learned everything he could about the treatments that would change your course of life for HIV and AIDS. And so he took, so for me, we were never scared of AIDS. I mean, like I said, it was so, you'd learn about it in school and every, you know, it'd be, be scary and people would almost make fun of, like there'd be jokes surrounding it and um, that it was just a gay man's disease and all of these things that I'm sure you guys remember hearing in the news at the time. And we're very young kids at this time. I mean, like four or five, you know, yeah. all of us were very young, but I remember how much my parents rallied and also never, ever judged and ever like they took him in when everybody else was like, we won't take him in. And when they were trying, they were getting him help. They were, and nothing about it was like, Oh, don't touch your uncle. You know, like you could get AIDS. It was, there was no fear. And for me, that stands out so significantly as an adult in my mind, because it's how I try to treat people and I think that the way my, I mean, that's just one example of how my parents are as humans. And I think that they are the first people to rally when there's a situation where, where anything is needed, where it's monetary, just housing, anything that people might need. They're one of the first people that I would go to, or that I know will reach out when something happens. Um, there's so many stories of my dad where, I mean, really bad things happen to people. One of his nurses' husbands died in a tragic accident at a factory up in the St. Cloud area because there's a ton of factories up there. And he quietly gave them financial help, something he would never tell us. My mom, I, we read, I read a thank you card for them at, at one point. And, that's, and he was like, oh, yeah. Like, he would never tell us what he did that was any good deed. But I feel like he was the, one of the first people to always step in and make sure things were taken care of and try to help. And again, it wasn't for publicity. It wasn't, he wasn't telling anybody. He didn't need a pat on the back. It was just because that's who he was. And so again, that experience with my uncle, I think really shaped us because it was like when something is needed or when everybody else is kind of turning your back, we are here for you. Even his family, even my uncle's, some of his siblings, his parents were not willing to help. And again, it was a scary time, but my dad learned everything he could and he took him in. So that for me is such a poignant moment in my life that I think completely shaped who we are as kids and adults. So that makes me thankful. Well, I've known you for about a decade. Yeah. And I had never heard that story about your uncle and your I don't dad. Think, I've never told it. It's a remarkable yeah, story. And yeah. I remember, you know, at that point, I had just finished up in college. Remember when Magic Johnson? Oh, absolutely. That yeah. pre- I, I was at, it was the Northwest Health Clubs at that time. And everybody was like gathered in the lobby around this TV. And I'm like, what's going on? I got in there and started watching. You know, I was, I've always been a sports junkie. 
And he was as big a name in sports as there was at that time. And to hear him tell his story, that is the first time I think people started to realize what that whole AIDS pandemic was about. But until then, to your point with your story, to welcome somebody in and not say, don't go sit by uncle, don't go yeah. near your uncle. There was so much of like, don't drink out of the same glass. Fear mongering like, was never, everywhere. Right. And I, I mean, and, and I can respect that in the same way that we're going through that with COVID, but where we are uneasy and we just don't know the right answers. So I'm not, I mean, it's not anybody's fault that um, they behaved like that. It just a lack of understanding and education and knowledge of what we had at the time for HIV and AIDS, but we never felt that. I'm so unbelievably grateful for that because he had one time where his leg, my uncle's leg turned completely black and they were like, it's going to have to be removed. Kaposi sarcoma. Yeah. And, um, and thankfully they didn't have to amputate it, but it took an immense toll on him and he was fired from his, he was a teacher. And after he was doing poker, I think of the movie Philadelphia as you're saying that. And he was fired from his job because he had AIDS and he was gay and it came out in the private school. So he was fired from his job and unfortunately, he ended up overdosing on drugs um, in the early, like t- 2012, and we lost him then. But my dad loved him so much, and he was such a good guy, and his younger brother. And um, he has a, my dad has a wood shop now that he calls Uncle Tom's Wood Shop. And so oh. he makes a lot of like cribbage boards and oh, cool. cutting boards and honors him that way. And so, yeah, so I mean, I've never told any of that before, but it's, I was thinking the other day as I was talking to my mom about what makes us who we are. And that stands out to me as such a, such a moment in my life. You know, and you think about the magic, going back to the Magic Johnson thing, just how courageous it was for him to, Mm -hmm. to take that on. And he really kind of normalized in a crazy way, the fact that this isn't something that just the outliers, you know, the, they always talked about the four H's. It was the homosexuals, the Haitians, Mm -hmm. the hemophiliacs and the heroin addicts were the ones that got AIDS. Now, all of a sudden, the greatest basketball player of his time time, has this dreaded disease, and all of a sudden, money started flowing. Yeah. It's amazing. Rock Hudson, too, and Rock Hudson. And people uh, live now with it, you know? Like, my uncle lived a very long time with it. It's a chronic Um, illness. Yeah, and and now people live a very, very long time, very, very full lives, and when mothers have it, we know how to prevent being being passed to to children, and um, it's education, and it's like anything, and we're learning that right now. (laughs) Well, I got to know you from attending some of the Masonic Children's Hospital wine fests. Mm -hmm. Uh, We would go to The best ever. Oh my God, wine fest. Yeah, the wine fest, uh, as a non-wine drinker, my wife would always get the two-for-one when they would go around. But in my real life, I work for Minnesota Masonic Charities, which is a benefactor to that uh, lovely institution, Mm -hmm. as are the Zucker family. Tell us just about how, you know, I would imagine that the opportunities for your philanthropy are pretty endless. Why that place, of all places? Yeah, of course. And I say this every time I talk about it, that I will say his name as many times as I can, but Tucker Hellstrom is the name that we say every time our connection to Masonic Children's Hospital because he had osteosarcoma and was in the hospital. Jason was doing a visit with the team with the Minnesota Wild and they kind of through fate happened to be on his floor, walked into his room and he was given a, a shirt that had, you know, the Z crossed out or the T and it said Tucker. Of Zucker, yeah, yeah, Tucker. yeah. So Tucker loved him kind of because of that. It wasn't even necessarily his play, which... I respect and understand Tucker, but, (laughs) um, but he said, so, so they had a conversation and 
we just left it at that. It wasn't immediate. It wasn't something like we left there and we we're like, oh, okay, I'll, okay, this is the moment we're going to be part of Masonic. It was a few weeks later, I got a message from one of my best friends who said, I have a connection to Tucker's family through my work. And we found out that his leg was going to be amputated. It's devastating, of course. Wondering if you could give him a, if Jason could give a stick or something. And I said, well, do you want to connect us with them? And do you think they'd be okay if Jason surprised him and like just came and visited him again? And so we ended up connecting. They said, absolutely. So we were the first people besides family to see Tucker after his leg was amputated. And we went in and we spent a ton of time with them. We absolutely fell in love with the whole family. They call them the A-team because it's the Andersons. And we absolutely fell in love with the entire A-team. We just spent some time with him in the hospital and even outside the hospital. And that relationship developed. And Jason was very close to Tucker. I was very close to the rest of his family. And then unfortunately, in 2016, the beginning of July, Tucker passed away. And at that point, it was all about rallying behind Dana and her family and what can we provide for them. So in 10 days, we did a fundraiser at 7 the steakhouse downtown and were able to raise a good chunk of money to help not only put in Kyle Rudolph's end zone, we put Tucker's Jersey that will be forever there, but also helping them with some expenses for the funeral and things like that. Anyway, after that moment though, Jason and I got married a week later after that, we decided where do we want to direct our charitable giving? There are so many great causes, endless number of great causes that you get reached out to, to give. And, but we said, we're monetary, like, where are we going to give our money? Where are we going to give our time? Where can we make an impact that's going to be there hopefully forever? And that's when we met Nick M. Bloom, who, if you guys I know, know Nick, Nick, oh God, Nick, is an absolute powerhouse and helped us. Nick uh, needs to look into decaffeinated coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they do have options. Jason and Nick connected so quickly <laughs> and he helped us cut, develop everything that we have at the hospital from there. And so everything that we do truly is inspired by Tucker and his family and is meant to be a conversation point so that he's never not talked about, never forgotten. So when you go into the hospital and you see the Zucker Family Suite broadcast studio, it's like we, we hope they talk about Tucker when that story is what we talk about. Well, it's fun that you share that story because I often will take prospective donors to the Masonic Children's Hospital. And really the centerpiece of the visit is the, the Zucker family suite and, and the Kyle Rudolph end zone. And they always mention Tucker's story. Christy Villar always talks about Tucker's story and how that connection came about. There seems to be this family of sports families Mm -hmm. that have really rallied around that hospital. PJ Fleck has done a lot for for them through the his Row the Boat Foundation. As you've been experiencing life in the professional sports world through your uh, through your husband, who are some of the 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 athletes that have just really come across and you know this is we're we're, we're teetering on you don't want to forget anybody but you know right yeah so if I do don't yeah yeah, please don't judge me don't take it personally yeah don't take it personally we put you on the spot here those people who really oh the Mount Rushmore like here in Minnesota yeah um well, you mentioned one of the names already. Uh, Kyle Rudolph yes. is hands down. I mean, he really inspired us to to get involved with Masonic too. Have he you ever did. seen that man's hands? Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, I they have. Are, they're like garbage can. Cups. Yeah, which is just so cool because I have tiny, tiny hands, like ridiculously tiny hands. And so when we put ours up against each other, yeah. we I, died. I shook hands with him and I've never felt yeah. like a 12-year-old girl in my life. It's like, oh, where did that go? Well, even Jason, like it's not he's not the biggest hockey player in the world, but he's still like an athlete and 
when he stands next to Kyle, it's embarrassing. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy. Dude. So um, Kyle, for sure, I would Kyle, imagine. Kyle, absolutely. Him and his wife are yeah, fantastic. Hands down. And it wasn't just that they built the end zone or that they gave money. It's that their time, like, absolutely. they spent a lot of time there. And I think that's an even bigger thing to me than, like, the amount of money that you end up giving or raising is how invested are you with your time? And that was one of the things that drew us to Masonic, though, is that it wasn't about giving them a check and them being like, okay, bye. They wanted a relationship. Yep. And that to me means the world that I, we know everybody's name when we walk in the door as far as the people with the foundation and, and you, and there's just so many people involved um, that it was relationships we built forever. And so, yeah, Kyle's obviously number one, Greenway's, yeah, Chad absolutely. Greenway and his family and Jordan Greenway, um, or is Jordan's it, a hockey player, but yeah, yeah. it's like, it's was like, it's Jenny. He seems like a good dude. I was like, why is Jordan Greenway in my head? <laughs> well, because he used to play player. with Jason. Yeah. Jenny Greenway. Jenny yes. and Chad are phenomenal. They too give a ton of their time, which I love. And, and I think that's awesome. So let's see. So Rudolph's. And I think the Greenways donated something for the library that they have there. Yeah. The, yeah. 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 Uh, yep, the yep. That gray duck do. thing's and doing okay, by the way. The lockers. Oh, yeah. the Holy Greenways cow. Locker. I know. Seriously. Well done. So yeah. So amazing. Good for them. Yeah, Grey Duck Vodka. It's really good, too. I really enjoy it. You know, one in the land of philanthropy, the gift of your interest is always really mm-hmm. important. And, of course, the gift of your investment really makes a huge difference. But ultimately, I think the most valuable things that folks like you and the, the Greenways and the Rudolphs, it's the gift of your uh, influence. Yeah. And I, I've never been to an event where one of you weren't at that event. That really and says something, it really man. It really does. It does. We it just- love it. Yeah. And and I for Jason and I too, I try to take on more he's truly focused on hockey. So um, but we wanted to do this while he had a platform. So we get a lot of comments or we got a lot of comments launching Give Sixteen, like, oh, is he distracted? He's distracted, like he shouldn't be doing this. But people don't realize like we're using Jason's name and he loves to be there when he can, but it's not that his focus was taken away. It's just that it's the right time to try to influence and draw attention when we have that, because there'll be a time where he's retired and he's not playing anymore. And at that point, it's okay. It's just part of the gig that people aren't as, they don't rally as hard. That's okay. They're in the moment of who's playing now. That's fine. But we realized the influence we could have while he's playing. And so that's something we really wanted to do. Give 16 was a campaign we wanted the fans involved in. So publicly we wanted it to be a big deal. But the amount of people who do things quietly is is impressive and amazing. And I, I think that that's so commendable. The influence that you guys have had in the community has just been fantastic. And uh, just so grateful that you were able to join us today. Oh, love it. Thank you. Well, this was great fun. Yes, this was awesome. Thank you <laughs> guys Emphasis for having me. I like that you guys are... are... Well, James Bond guy. Yeah, it was right. That's what we, that's what we named it after. It was of course, the James well, I know Bond. that. Yeah. Yes. What else would it be? Yeah. Stop that. Sorry. Stop that. It's a family show. Not, it's not that kind of podcast. <laughs> uh, before we leave, just want to mention our sponsors, the Minnesotan and White Bear Lake. If you're looking for a place that celebrates the heritage of all things Minnesota, the Minnesotans got it for you. From hats to jackets to jerseys to shirts, Kevin and I spent some time there. Uh, Looking through uh, through their wares and the boys double medium section, the, the, and we found the boys some good double stuff. Mediums, yeah, we uh, we tried a couple of them on, and uh, just was not a good scene. Yeah, a couple of bratwurst, a couple of bratwurst, <laughs> overstuffed yeah, that were tight. on the grill for too long. But uh, thank you to the Minnesotan, and then also uh, Bonafide You. We uh, are launching our uh, scholarship program, and we'll be talking more about that in the near future. 
Until then, thank you, Carly, for joining thank us. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful time here today, guys. And off we go.